Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. I am so glad that you are here with me today. I have been embarking on my no negativity journey, as I talked about in my last episode, and it has been an interesting journey uh, and experience. I have learned that a lot more negative things come out of my mouth than I even realized, and I want to change that behavior, uh, that habit. And I also learned that it's fairly easy to turn almost any negative statement into a positive one by using positive words rather than negative ones. So I've been working on that, and it's not easy. But having that intention and and being very conscious about the words that are coming out of my mouth are certainly helping me feel better in the crazy state of the world these days. So I'm going to continue on my efforts to be more positive and keep negativity out of my language and only put good vibes out there. And I will share the journey as, as I go and hopefully I can kick the habit of saying things that I really don't want to say that don't make the world a better place. Okay, I am very excited to introduce my guest to you today. Her name is Jamie Garano. She is a high school friend of mine. Uh, We have played volleyball and basketball together. I played softball with her sister. Her father was my hitting coach uh, in high school on the high school softball team. We grew up in Montrose, Colorado together, small rural town on the western slip of Colorado. And Jamie is doing really cool things. And when I saw her latest in Denver, I knew I had to have her on the show because she is so inspiring and so personable and has so much great advice that I knew you would all really, really enjoy it. Jamie is a, uh, a women's empowerment coach, and she started her business about a year ago, and it was after she experienced pretty severe burnout and a lack of self-confidence coming out of a divorce and, uh, and really feeling like she was, had to give her whole self to her children and her career and working hard and never showing emotion, and she finally said, this is it this is enough. I want something different and I'm going to do something different. And so she has a new coaching uh, firm called Jamie Garano Coaching, and she's going to tell us all about her story and share her experience and give all kinds of great advice to you on how you two can step out of your fear and move into creating a life that you love. Hang tight and I'll be right back with Jamie. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited for you to meet my good friend, Jamie Garano. We've known each other since we were oh, pre-teens a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome on Reflect Forward, Jamie. I'm excited. Thank you. Like super excited. Oh, it's going to be so good. This is going to be so much fun. Not yeah. only is it so much fun to interview friends, but you have such a fascinating and inspiring story. And of course, we've known each other for such a long time. But when you told me that you were a probation officer, that surprised me and it made me really curious. So why don't you tell us about your journey and, uh, and you know, how you got to where you are? Okay. Um, so, uh, I've always wanted to, to help people. And, um, I originally started out as a social worker, which was super tough because going in and seeing children that have been neglected or abused or, 
um, they were beyond their parents' control. Um, it's just a hard situation. Plus the fact that there's not a lot of resources and services. And um, so it's a draining, it's a draining job. Um, so I did that. I started out with that, um, as, you know, when I got out of college and, and did that for a few years. And I thought, well, this is, this is going to exhaust me really quick. So um, I've always been really interested in um, the criminal justice system. And so I kind of made this natural transition over to be a probation officer. And I did that for 12 years. And when I started out as probation officer, I loved it like so much. I loved everything about it. I loved connecting with people. I loved the interaction with the court process. Um, it just felt like a great fit. And as time went by, I started to feel like I was kind of losing my spark and I was feeling um, unfulfilled. I was feeling kind of crappy a lot of the days. I, I, I just knew that that's not something I wanted to do anymore. And uh, Carrie and I grew up in, or we went to high school in Montrose and it's a very small community. And so I have two teenage daughters. And so I had to kind of conceptualize what can I do in this community? Cause I want my kids to remain um, here. We've got family here and transition to something else. So, um, in the interim, I, I found another position, um, doing human resources, which was kind of a, it's a nice relief from the juvenile justice and coming into contact with the people that come in on a daily basis who not don't necessarily want your help, don't necessarily like you. And, um, so that can be super draining, but, um, I also kind of figured out that I needed to do something different and I just, I didn't really know what that was, um, and so I just kind of started thinking outside the box and seeing what my passion was and where my path lied, which was super hard because a lot of people don't know that it's, you know, it's put your head down and you do your job and you, you're on the grind all the time. And you don't really think about what can you put your heart into, um, for a profession. So, um, now I'm, I'm a natural coacher. I mean, I did probation for 12 years and coaching people was, the biggest part of it because you're trying to rehabilitate them. It's not so much punitive. I mean, there is that part, but it's about coaching and it's about evolving. And, um, and so I thought, you know, I'd love to coach people and I'd love to coach people who want to be coached because that's way more fun than coaching people who think you're a turd. <laughs> yeah, right. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's a big step going from yeah. you know, relatively stable position, stable career, even though, you know, maybe an interesting career choice. I've never heard a probation officer and I know a couple of them who are friends, not that I've worked with, yeah. uh, who are, you know, it, who don't have such great things to say about it because I, I think it probably does lead to a lot of burnout, but Leaping to that, to being an entrepreneur and starting your own coaching practice was a big leap. So like, how did, how did that all come together for you? Oh God, that's a great question. Well, it took more guts than I've ever used in my whole life. And my fear, my fear was, I mean, essentially through the roof because I was um, brought up in a family where my mother and father worked very hard, but they've done the same thing their whole life. And they didn't necessarily like it. And so I, I never learned, or I was never shown that you can think outside the box and do what you put your mind to. I was, I grew up in a time where you work, you pay your bills and you take care of your family and that's your job. And so it's a whole different mindset. So, um, I think it just started with me doing some introspective work 
It was, uh, you know, doing some meditation, listening to podcasts, going to spiritual healers. I mean, I just craved feeding like my soul. That's what I really wanted to do. And then I started to believe and, and hear things and kind of interact with people who really felt like if you follow your path, everything is going to be fine. And that was such a new transition and new idea for me, but it was so amazing and so fun. As a matter of fact, I didn't really tell anyone about this except my sister, because I didn't want to tell my parents what I was doing because I knew they'd be like, are you crazy? Like, you've got a good job. You've got a, a para. Like, that would be dumb. And I thought to myself, I can't have anyone tell me dumb because I'm this close to saying I'm out. And I, and so I just needed to keep moving forward. Um, and so I just pushed and pushed. And so I started in January of 2020 and I said, I'm going to do this. And, um, I spent the full year conceptualizing it, joining mastermind groups on the internet, looking at this, looking at that, anything I could do to just get information and talk with people who were like-minded and who have done it. I did. And then I worked really hard with a designer on a website. And um, at the end of the year, I had my coaching business, which is, I'm just so proud of myself for that. I just, it's amazing. It feels so good. It is. And so yeah. there, there's so many great nuggets in there, right? So overcoming fear, which I talk a lot about because it's hard to do. And then when you do hard things and you risk failure and you come out the other side, how rewarding it is. So yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, how did you get over that fear, especially when you were concerned that, you know, your parents weren't going to support you? And, mm -hmm. and of course, all that fear about paycheck and, and how yeah. am I going to survive with teenage daughters? So how did you do that? Oh my God. And I'm still going through it. So I think, you know, for me to say I'm over my fear would be, I'd be lying, but I'm way more confident. And I, and I honest to God, believe that, that I will be successful because I'm believe that I'm doing what I was meant to do. So I think it was just staying focused, staying grounded. Um, I also think looking at my thoughts, I'm a really in my um, coaching, which we'll probably talk about later. I think it's so important. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. And I always kept my thoughts positive. I always look to the future. What do I want it to look like? How does it feel? Um, tried not to look in the, in the past because with the past comes negative thoughts and negative energy. And I don't, I can't stay in that because that doesn't produce successful people and that doesn't produce happiness. So I think every day just kind of training myself and it, it wasn't easy and I still, I still do it. Um, but I think that's what really helped me kind of start to push forward. And then along the line, I would tell, you know, somebody, Hey, guess what? What do you think? And that person would be, that sounds great. That's amazing. And I think my confidence started to, to build. Um, and now I, there's just no other way. I mean, it's just going to happen. And I just cannot wait to work with all these amazing women that I'm going to have the opportunity to work with. Yeah. I really like that, uh, that, uh, your comments around thoughts, because, you know, our thoughts become our reality. And, mm -hmm. and I remember in, you know, some of my darkest moments uh, or my darkest moment in my life and, and being very, uh, fearful and going, you know, my past does not have to define who I am in the future. It doesn't, it, it, it will never be negated. It is part of shaping me for who I am today, but it does not have to define who I'm going to be. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change my behaviors, change my patterns. And it starts by changing my thoughts. And, uh, and that's just such a, I don't know. I think it's such an important realization that we all have to go through at some point 
in our lives that we are in control. We are in control of our thoughts. It's not easy, but we're in control. And you can absolutely step through that fear and make profound changes and not be held back by your past. So I have lots of admiration for you to to take the leap. Well, and that's the one thing, right, that we have 100% control of is our thoughts. And, and that what a what a great way to put your energy towards, because why put energy towards something that you have no control? It's it's a yeah. waste. So yeah. absolutely, Carrie. Yeah. So in, in some of your videos that I've watched and on your website, you talk about um, the fact that we shouldn't stuff our emotions. Right. So that we we try so hard to keep persevering and pushing through and 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 not have the negative self-talk. But, you know, sometimes it's there and sometimes those emotions do come up. So how do you balance that? Like, I'm going to persevere at all costs, but I'm also going to allow myself to feel what I feel, even if it isn't, you know, even if it's messy, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think my go-to is anytime that I'm feeling a thought, I ask myself, what would I tell my daughters if they came to me with this thought? Because the people that we love the most Um, you know, our children, our family members, we're always going to show them compassion, love, support, understanding. And essentially, that's what we should be showing ourselves. So that's always, I always think about that. Um, And that's been really helpful, because I love my children, and I'm a great mom, and I just want to love them so much and just, um, just be with them every step of the way. And why not be with yourself and love yourself? So I think that that's probably, that to me is what really has kind of kept me going. Yeah, you're so right. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to another person. No. We right? can be like the biggest bitch to ourselves, like nasty, yeah. like I would not want to be my friend some days. And it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I get it. So mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't do that. That's bad. I know, I know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. When you lack self-confidence and especially when you're feeling burned out these days, right? Those two things can combine to be a really dangerous, um, self-destructive thing. Um, How do you, how did you work through those feelings and how do you advise your clients? And I think we all need to hear this right now. So please tell us how to fix this. (laughs) So what I did was I looked at the thought that I was having. So some of my, um, and I call them um, negative or destructive core beliefs, sorry, DCBs, um, is that I'm not smart enough was always a good one um, that I've went, I've done all my life. Um, I'm not worthy. And with worthy came, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of nice things, you know, that came with financial abundance. Um I'm not worthy of attention. So that was, those are big things for me. So I would start to feel down or in a negative manner. And I would think to myself, what am I thinking? What, where does this thought coming from? And really just pick that thought. And then I also acknowledged where it came from because there's always a story behind the thought. And if we don't acknowledge the story and let it kind of go through, like we said, process our feelings, don't stuff. And just kind of come to peace with that at some way. And it's, it's different for everybody. Um, it, you can't make through and go make new thoughts, you know, you, new core beliefs, because that's what you do. Get rid of the old ones and make new ones. I am worthy. I do deserve. I am lovable. Um, so I think, I think that's where it starts, just really looking at the thought. Because you can, you can have all the money in the world, you know, or, or anything, the best family. But some people are, 
are just not happy and it's it's all right here it's it's the thought process so i don't think changing your surroundings or anything like that's necessarily going to be a long-term fix that's just kind of external fix that make me feel better for a certain period of time but over the long haul you'll likely shift back into those negative thoughts and that behavior yeah yeah my one of my destructive core beliefs was that uh so my personality style is very much one uh, about recognition right that's uh Mm -hmm. an important you know that's how i feel like i'm worthy is when i'm recognized for being worthy and i had to really sit with that for a long time because i didn't like that right like oh really like i do things for recognition but anytime something like you know like that you get that little twinge of like ugh right? I sit with it and because I think, well, there's probably some truth to it. And, and now I definitely know that there's truth to it, but boy, it led to such destructive things because it made me feel like if I'm not getting recognized for doing good things, then I'm not worthy. Therefore I should get recognized. And it led to, you know, various behaviors. I could over-exaggerate or lie about things um, and, and all just to get this positive recognition, even though it was very self-destructive in many ways that, that played out in different ways of my life. Uh, and that was a really tough one. And for me, it came down to saying, finally being okay with myself to say, you know what, that's who I am. And I do like recognition. And it is something that's important to me. And it doesn't make me a bad person. What is the the dark side of my personality coming up is when that I do specific things, especially negative things for that recognition and attention. And that was a big shift um, with just saying, okay, that's who I am. Great. I'm going to be okay with it. Now, how do I change my behaviors to get what I want in a positive way rather than a destructive way? Right. Well, I just want to acknowledge that what a weight to bear on your shoulders to have that, that core belief where you need recognition in order to feel happy. I can't imagine what it would be like. You must've been push, push, you know, always more, more, and essentially never really happy with yourself and wondering once you met a benchmark, instead of enjoying it, nope, what's next? I got to go higher. I got it. That's got to be exhausting. Sounds like you are inside my head. (laughs) Yes, it is. And (laughs) It, and there's so many good things that come out of it because it is very much a, a, a drive. Like I am a, a relentless pursuit to make a big impact, which is how I have turned my drive for recognition and always doing more into something that is much more positive outside of me, um, bigger than me, whereas before it was, you know, all just about me, uh, you know, especially in my twenties, uh, when we're still young and dumb, uh, now we're just slightly smarter. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, it was, it was really exhausting and it led to some really bad things. And you know, who helped me was a a life coach and uh, we worked on the Enneagram and I'm a three and achiever. And part of that is really, um, the need for recognition. And I got to see, the dark parts, right? So narcissism is uh, at the lowest um, level of health. And I hated it, but it was like, wow, you know, okay, well, now if you don't like these trigger words, they're triggering you for a reason and being able to work through that. So I still drive myself really hard. Um, It's part of like my energy escape and, or how I release energy and move through the world. And most people think that, you know, like you're crazy for doing all the things that you do. I've backed down considerably Um, But I do it all for impact. And I say there's a win-win, right? If I am 
getting my um, deepest needs fulfilled and I'm helping others get their needs fulfilled, then it can be a win-win. But it took like a decade of work to get to that point oh, yeah. to be okay with saying that and not to feel embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, there's so much going on with COVID, right? We're all at home with our partners and our spouses and yeah. and our kids and Man, there's lots of things that are coming up with, you know, relationships, especially with spouses. I know for me, for sure, with my husband, we've managed through this really well, but some really, you know, deep things have come out of this and not always easy. So, you know, I know that you've had, um, you know, a lot of your story leads to from your relationships and, and feelings of a lack of intimacy. So do you mind sharing a little bit of your story? Sure. Um, so I, I, um, didn't really have any type of relationship like boyfriend or anything in in high school. And I always, boy, I remember just probably you like looking like they have boyfriends. I don't, I mean, as a, as a a high schooler, that was so painful. Like I can't even express how painful that was. Um, And so when I got to college and went through college, I I met somebody and we kind we connected and, um, and of course I was head over heels because this is the first time that someone's really connected with me. And to be absolutely honest with you, from the beginning, it was really kind of off. But my head told me, no one else has ever been interested in you. And you're probably not worthy of anything else. So you need to make the best of it. Put your head down. This is what's supposed to happen. Um, so we got married. And, um, you know, he was a good man. Um, but my whole marriage, which was for 12 years, I did not have any type of um, real intimacy. So I didn't have a whole lot of physical intimacy. So during those years, I didn't understand what healthy sex was. I didn't learn that I was a beautiful person or that I was a sexual being. Um, At times I was ashamed of my body. I was embarrassed of things um, just because I didn't have that healthy interaction. I didn't have any emotional support. Um, We just didn't connect on that level. And so I, um, kept a lot of stuff in and I became very resilient on myself. And I just kind of, you know, put this armor around me and said, okay, that's fine. I I have these beautiful children and I'm going to work my ass off to be the best mom that I can be. And it doesn't matter. Like I'm not important is what I used to think. My kids are important. So I'll continue to live in this marriage that for him too, was I'm sure loveless and lifeless and do what I need to do because I watched my parents do what they need to do all their life. And that's what people do. So just shut up and just stop bitching. It's not going to do any good. And I did that for years. Um, and it was hard and you know, those years in your early twenties in your thirties, you learn so much about yourself. That's, it's such a growth period. It's, it's a time when you're new in the world and you're doing things on your own and, and when you don't have healthy relationships that are that you're involved in or you're not involved in healthy activities, you start learning these coping mechanisms and you start feeling, starting to develop really negative thoughts about yourself. And that's exactly what happened to me. So when we got divorced, um, I came out, and I don't want to say broken because that's not the word I want to use, but I came out needing a lot of work a lot of work. And I started to realize that when I started to interact with other people and thoughts would pop in my head and I'd share them with girlfriends and they'd be like, where did that come? Why, why would you even think that? And I'm thinking, how can you not see like it's written all over, you know, the place. And they're like, absolutely not. So then I started realizing that I was my own worst enemy. I was holding myself back 
And um, that was tough. That was that was a tough part of my life. I wouldn't change it because I think that I really like who I am today. And I can't wait to be who I'll be tomorrow or the next day because I think every day we grow. Um, but I do hope that as I look at my children now, we always want our children to to be better than us, to be kinder, to be brilliant and wiser and heroic. I just, I really hope that they do what their passion leads and, and never feel like they have no other choice, you know, just to settle. And I, I think essentially that's what happened. I think so many women feel that way. Yeah. Uh, we always put ourselves um, second or third or fourth, whether it's in our marriages, certainly to our children. And uh, so I think that's a really powerful message because there, whether it's um, I don't deserve it or I'm just not that way, you know, yeah. I don't need intimacy. And it's so not true because humans are such intimate and sensual creatures. And, but we, but I think it's because we're, no one teaches us this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You get sex education in class, which, you know, everybody's just laughing at and giggling at and awkward. And some kids don't yeah. even get that. There's no like how to build meaningful relationships and connections and why intimacy is important um, in your life kind of classes. And so right. how many people just go through thinking like, this is just the way I am, or I don't deserve it, or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, negative, um, or destructive core belief they have. Absolutely. Or even the thought, I mean, perfect examples are the thoughts that I don't have the energy to change it. And so I'm just gonna keep it. I mean, because it does take energy to grow. It takes it challenges you. It's, it's scary. And um, some people don't have enough self-efficacy or esteem to say, I can do this. And not only can I do it, but I'm worthy of it. I mean, that's the bigger one. I am worthy to have to go through this door or this transition in order to come out on the other side. So that can be really tough for people and they just don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, I was actually just having a conversation with my mom last night and, uh, she, we were talking about um, her, the divorce from my stepfather, and and even it plays out in the divorce from my father many, many, many years ago. But she told me I didn't leave him, even though I couldn't do it. I could not stay for another minute. I kept staying for another couple of years because I did not believe that I could take care of myself on the other side. And so. I stayed in this relationship that was really unfulfilling and driving me crazy and making me question like my existence. Yeah. But it was mostly from the fear that I couldn't be, I couldn't make it without, you know, yeah. this person in my life. And, you know, when she finally did it, she was like, it was amazing. And like, three months, I was completely on my feet. I had my whole situation figured out everything that I didn't think was even possible. I was able to put together all I had to do was have that initial conversation of I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I think that that's such a powerful uh, reminder. Um, oh, yeah. I really appreciated her telling because so many of us think that we actually can't get through that door. We can't make it on the other side. Um, we can't make it without our partner or our job or, you know, whatever is making us unhappy. And so we hang on to it. But it's amazing with like one just little small step, how much shift you can make in your life. Is that right. what you experience? Yeah. Well, and I also think we put identities on ourselves. So mm -hmm. we identify as I am a mother or I am a, a woman or whatever that is. And in our perception, it's like, because we identify with that, that means that we can't go outside this box. 
So, you know, really trying hard not to identify with a certain characteristic or person, just I am me and I have infinite potential and I'm not, I am a, I am a mother, but I'm not going to identify with being a mother because I'm Jamie. I'm a warm, kind person who's looking to coach and connect with people and have wonderful times and try to be abundant and, and all this stuff. And, um, I, I hear p- women say a lot, well, I, I can't do that because I live in a small town or I can't do that because, you know, I'm married or I wouldn't be able to make it on my own. So that identity is, it's so hard and it, and it does, it pretty much traps you and it puts you in a box and it's really difficult to get out of it. Yeah. I remember, um, one of those boxes that I set myself in, in, in my early on in my marriage. And, uh, it was that I was, you know, and I was changing, which we all do, right. As we grow and we have experiences and our, our ideas mature and, and, and we learn new things. We all change as human beings. Right. And so, and not always is that in alignment with your spouse. And I remember feeling really guilty that my belief systems were, were, were morphing into maturing um, into something that was different. And so I kept trying to pretend that I was that old version of myself so that it was more in alignment. And boy, that was a very like self-destructive thing. It almost caused me to like in my marriage, instead of just saying, you know what? I don't like that anymore. This is what I want, which Ryan was like, okay, great. Why didn't you just say that? Like I spent all this time trying to like pretend because I was really ashamed that, you know, what I said I had wanted before was different than what I wanted now. So, you know, how do you, how do you help women who are kind of struggling with that right now? Like, how do I have this conversation with my partner or significant other or my boss? Mm -hmm. Because I want something that's different and it's not alignment with my past. Yeah, that that's, you bring up two things. So one, I wanted to acknowledge that we all can change our mind. We Mm -hmm. all have free choice. And so I would never, as again, thinking about my daughters, I would never go to my daughters and say, well, you said that you wanted to do this. Well, they changed their mind and that's okay. Circumstances changed, their heart changed. And I feel like it's really important to know that we always have that free choice. Every day we wake up, we have choices on top of choices. We don't have to do routines. And so I think that giving ourselves permission and making that be the norm that it's okay to change your mind and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just part of growing and actually you being authentic to who you are, which is the point anyways. And and I really liked what you said about your values changing because when I was younger or in my 20s, my values were to be a really good mother. So to have that relationship, to try to kick ass at my job because I just wanted to be the baddest probation officer you know, this side of the Delta. And, uh, and so those kind of things, I was really focused on that. So basically what I was focused on is trying to get gratification from putting my energy towards outside things. And then I started to notice, and it didn't really happen until my late, well, probably mid to late thirties is that my values changed. And now all of a sudden it's important to me, although, even though I'm still a mother of teenage kids is, is to have, um, spiritual growth. Like I would have never in my whole life in my twenties, I would have teased someone, Oh, spiritual growth. I can, I just know I would have, that was who I was. And now I can't get enough of it. And I think it's such a big deal. Like I love treating my heart and spiritually growing for whatever that means to me. And actually happiness is now a goal where before that it was lucky if you got happiness, but, but don't bet on it. But now that's a priority for me. So that's a shift. 
And those things are about me. So I'm starting to be, you know, for lack of a better word, more selfish. And I've never been happier. And I don't think I've ever been a better mother, friend, daughter, sister than I have ever been in my whole life than right now because I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. So that's that's so beautiful. And yeah. I totally, I completely agree with you. All right. So let's talk about these meaningful connections with people. I know that was a theme through all of your career and, you know, what you're focusing on now. So give us your thoughts on why, you know, developing these deep and meaningful connections is so important to uh, living a fulfilled life. Well, I mean, I've always been a person that really enjoys connecting with people and I, and I mean at a deep soul connection. So, um, when I have girlfriends, they last for long periods of time and, um, any type of connection I build, I want it to be authentic and honest because I, we have to put on way too many masks day to day with our job, with when we're in the community or, or whatever that is. And to put on that mask, we have to, obviously we're acting in a manner that we believe that the person we're talking to or what we're doing wants us to. So we want to be perceived at the highest regard. And so to have like deep, meaningful connections with people that you can trust and take your mask off and just be you, I think is so important because without that, you're exhausted and you're burnt out. And so I just, I, when I think about a deep, meaningful connection, I just feel like someone you can just be, be you a hundred percent. You, um, is, is just so important. I mean, we all need that in life. It's to fulfill life at, at some point. Um, so I think those are, those can be really difficult relationships to find especially when you're not ready to be you. So maybe as we get kind of older um, and start to mature a little bit in transition and, and our values start to change, it's like when those connections really start to come out because we're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and, you know, we love ourselves enough to say, well, if it doesn't work out, you know, I, I love myself. And if, if we're not on the same page, that's okay. There's no big deal about it. There's not that, um, that pain and hurt that would come when you were younger with rejection. Yeah, I agree. All right. I want to talk about something that we talked about in the pre-show. I love interviewing and uh, my, I've been told my secret power is getting people to tell me uh, things that they swear they're not going to tell me. So when you mentioned that you were trained in motivational uh, interviewing, I was super fascinated and I'd never heard that term. So what does motivational interviewing mean and how do you use it in coaching? Okay. So I got that training when I was uh, working as a probation officer um, so like I said, the state of Colorado is really into, um, rehabilitation. And so through that, the communication is super important because as you know, people will change, um, based on extrinsic, um, motivation. So I need you to get a job or you'll go to jail. So they might be like, sure, I'll, I'll get a job. But as soon as you take away that jail or we're done, they go back to old behaviors. So it's kind of taking a look at people and helping them make shifts on their own by asking questions and providing reflections. So they start to question their own thoughts and beliefs so that they start to make intrinsic changes on the inside. So when you take around, take away the outside motivators or circumstances, they're changing for themselves and not for people. Yeah, that's great. So how does it work? How do you do it? <laughs> oh, do you know I, mean? <laughs> I, this. I used to hate this so bad. I'm like, Oh my God, they're like, use motivational interviewing. And I'm like, I don't want to, but I do it now with the kids and stuff. It's, it's about, um, it's about reflecting, showing reflection. Yeah. Like I, I hear what you said, or, 
You know, if they say something off the wall, you kind of agree with them in a way where they thought, did you just agree with me? Mm-hmm. Um, you just are, I mean, you're just kind of using, it, it took a long time, but you're kind of using words and thoughts, um, body language to get them to start to question their own beliefs and also to agree to make changes. And so the best part is um, if they can decide what the change is going to be and then they hold themselves accountable, you don't really have to, you don't do any of the work. So, yeah. And it sticks so much more. So if you can get people to come to that conclusion through asking the right questions and, and, you know, holding up the mirror in the right uh, light, then that aha moment is so much more powerful than, you know, you using more of a, using more of a stick, a carrot and stick method. And and I know you and I know me, we don't like people telling us what to do. So you could tell me like a fantastic idea and I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Hey, Jamie, you should, you know, get some sleep tonight. Nope. I'm staying up all night. Just (laughs) that's personality. I don't want to be told what to do. Most people don't. (laughs) So it's a different way. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. A couple more questions. So the name of this podcast is reflect forward, which has a lot of meanings to me, but I'm curious, what does reflect forward mean to you? Oh gosh. Then will you tell me what it means to you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. So I, I love it by the way. And so what I'm thinking of is a kind of a mirror. So I think about reflecting backward, looking at the past. And that's something that I don't think is that helpful, to be honest with you. And we talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Focusing on things that were negative or things that you did that you weren't proud of doesn't really help you grow. And so the reflecting forward, I think, is beautiful because it's like looking at the future, but envisioning it. What does that mean? What does the future look like? What do I want it to be? And just really focusing, reflecting energy, heart, everything forward. Because because that's what we want to do as a person. We want to move forward. And so um, I, th- I actually think that the, I love that that name. But I think it's just perfect for just somebody who wants to grow. It's yeah. all about growing and it's all about forward and, and uh, letting go of guilt and shame. All that bullshit that was in the back um, and just moving, moving on. So... Yeah. 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 That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Now your turn. Uh, All right. So uh, for me, it it comes from very much of the similar. I was back in in 2006 when I was, you know, kind of at that point of, uh, am I going to live my life or am I going to die this slow, painful death? Uh, And it was in that moment of, you know, profound shame of decisions that I had been making and the place that I was in my life. And actually just sitting there reflecting on that moment, not on all the decisions that had led up to that moment, but just sitting there in that moment going, is this really what I want my life to be like? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, making the decision of no, and I'm taking action to change. And that's when I picked up the phone and I called a good friend of mine and I called my mom and I started my path to Durango and to where I am now. And so that's what it was for me. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to pick apart, which I've done a lot of, um, of, of picking things apart so that, you know, I understand myself better. But in that moment, it was, I'm reflecting and I'm making this change to move forward on an entirely different path. So that's what it, that's what it means Amazing. to me. Yes. Yeah. 
love it. And it was a really good friend of mine when I was uh, when I was coming up with this whole idea of what I wanted to do around my leadership podcast. And I was like, oh, I can't come up with a name, and you know, but this is what I want. Like, you have to reflect. You have to be like willing to like dig deep and understand and and like you know have have deep self awareness so that you can move forward. And she was like, Well, reflect forward. And I'm like. That is perfect. Yeah. We were on the way from Uray to Durango. And, and so anyway, awesome. she nailed it. <laughs> All right. Final question. So what issues do you feel are most pressing for women today? And what advice can you give them? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think I think the issues, to be honest with you, is just not being authentic to ourselves and trying to fill so many shoes having so many masks and just trying to be so much for everybody else. So, I mean, the biggest issue is just not taking care of ourselves, not paying attention to ourselves, not being authentic to our heart and our soul. Um, without a doubt, I think that's, that's the issue. And I think also as, as we kind of get into that midlife, which I hate that word, but it's true midlife transition where we start questioning things, changing our mind, like what we talked about, is such a beautiful time and such a great time to start to reinvent ourselves. Um, I think it's exciting. Like midlife can be so it's like I'm so excited right now because I'm starting to reinvent myself and I know other people can do it too, if they want to, and I'd love to help them. So um, I just think for women just to know that they can, there's always the next day and there's always the next step. And um, there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way. And we go through a lot of things that sometimes women don't talk to each other about because we don't want to be vulnerable or we don't want to seem that we um, aren't doing a good job. But I have a conversation with any woman and just have kind of a heart to heart. And it's like, you're looking at her and said, how did you know what I was thinking? I mean, we, there's just something, I just love women. I think we just connect on so many levels and we're such a strong, I just, I'm just so proud to be a woman, Carrie. Me too. All right. So how can people find you? Um, so you can find my Facebook page. It's uh, jamiegarano.com. And um, oh, I'm sorry, that was my web website. My website's jamiegarano.com. And my Facebook page is Jamie Garano Coaching. So I have different coaching um, private groups that I'd love for people to attend, to come in just to be with other women as supportive community. I also have um, a five free day um, free, like, um, workshop that I do. So if you're not quite ready to commit, you can join that workshop and kind of just really decide, is this, am I ready to make this commitment and make this transition? So, um, and I know that women need to, in order to trust other women, you need time to kind of see what's going on and see what everybody's about. So I just want as many people as I can to get together in one place and just exchange, excuse me, exchange thoughts and ideas and, you know, when it feels right, it feels right. It's either a connection or it's not. So I just, you know, want everyone to do the best that they can with what they have. Well, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was, uh, it was so much fun to, fun. Uh, to talk with you. And it's, uh, it's exciting to see here, you know, all these years after we graduated. I know. <laughs> awesome. All right. Hang tight, everybody. And I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jamie. It was so much fun to reconnect with her after all these years. And 
I'm really proud of being able to help my friends launch new endeavors and follow their dreams. Uh, that's one of the things I really want to work on this year is just saying yes to more people, not in doing things, uh, putting more on my plate, but just trying to help people, connect people, give back in little ways that um, can help, I don't know, help people move forward in some way, just like um, all the people who have done those things for me. So it's a little bit of paying it forward. This is the year of, yes, I am going to help you, even if I don't know you, but especially if I know you. So anyway, great interview. So much fun to reconnect with her. Okay, so uh, my question came from LinkedIn and uh, a follower said, I love your interviewing technique. How do you ask such great questions? Oh, I was so happy when I got this because I love asking questions. In fact, my team at Stone Age says that my superhuman strength is getting people to tell me things that they don't want to tell me. I have one employee say to me one day, oh, I was not going to tell you that. I walked in here and I said, I am not telling her that. And you still got it out of me. How do you do that? And it's really actually quite simple. It's the art of asking good questions. Unfortunately, most of us are terrible at asking questions. We feel uncomfortable. We shouldn't pry. We don't know what to ask. So we don't. And you miss out on so much information and building connections if you don't ask good questions. So I have a couple of tips on how to get better at asking questions. So first, you have to be curious. First and foremost, that's the foundation. Be curious. If you are genuinely interested in what other people have to say and you ask them, they will most likely tell you that. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, just say, how can you be more curious about this? And you can say things like, what do you mean by that? Explain that. Why did you choose that word? And that will help pull the story out because it shows that you're interested and you want to know more. Second, ask open-ended questions. Asking yes or no questions is the fastest way to end a conversation. I know it seems rudimentary, but asking who, what, when, where, why, how questions will help you get more information and pull the story out of the person you're talking to. If you're at a loss of what to ask, you can just say, tell me more about that. Easy one, easy line to go to. Tell me more about that, I'm curious. Listen with both ears is my third piece of advice. Don't let yourself be distracted by emails, texts, your thoughts, and your desire to tell your story. When you listen with both ears, you're more, more likely to catch the nuances uh, in the words, tone, and voice inflection, and that will help you explore the conversation more and lead to more understanding. So when you hear a nuance or something that sparks your curiosity, like I said before, ask a question that is as simple as, well, what did you mean by that? Also, if you're listening with both ears, that means you are talking less, which is a surefire way to gain more insight. Fourth, don't be afraid. I know that it can be embarrassing to ask questions because you might feel like, oh, I should know that. This person will think I'm ignorant if I ask this, or maybe it's a, maybe that you're afraid of being considered um, as being too direct, or maybe you will be worried that your question will be considered nosy or intrusive. But I have found that most of the time, people want to open up. They want to share their story. So go ahead, 
be brave, ask the question. In my opinion, the worst kinds of questions are the ones that are left unasked. And finally, and this is the only way to get good at doing something is to do it a lot. Practice, practice, practice. Just like any skill, repetition will make you better. So before you go into the conversation, write down at least five open-ended questions that you would ask. If you don't understand something, ask for more information and don't stop until like you feel you've got it. If the person gives you a lame, benign answer, ask a question that takes him or her deeper. And when you think the conversation is over, just ask one more question. That's my advice to you. I hope that this helps. I have found that asking good questions has made me a better leader and a person. They have helped me a lot. They've allowed me to get past superficial answers and surface level relationships and truly connect with those around me. I hope that is inspiring for you today. I have a wonderful day and I will see you on the next episode of Reflect Forward.